I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I always wonder, do you have any relationships at prison with the uh, ladies? Did I? No. I don't even like looking at my own pussy. I ain't going to look at nobody else. <laughs> You're listening to Divorce Party with Monica Casey and Tom Arnold. Today, our guest is a very, very special guest. It's actually Tom's sister, Lori Arnold. Lori has maybe one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. There was a documentary made about her life called The Queen of Meth. It's streaming on Discovery Plus, and it is a three-part series about how she ran a drug massive drug trafficking operation in the 1980s out of Iowa. She's here today to share her relationship stories and all that she's learned from her experiences. I can't wait. This is amazing. Please welcome to the show, Lori Arnold. Lori, how's your sad day going? Well, it's kind of slow and everything, but... We appreciate it. This is Monica. Hi. Hi, Monica. Monica did something, and she told me about it, where she had a divorce party, which really, to get on the other side of it, she got uh, all of her girlfriends and boyfriends, and she got drunk, and she uh, made out with a dude and vomited. I'm not sure what order, but it was a way to say, that's over. Yeah. We all sing. Our yeah. break, favorite break, breakup songs. We started with um, my friend Bob and I sang "Total Eclipse of the Heart." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we, we, you know, I think it's much better to spend money on a divorce party than a giant wedding. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, that could be but, your new business. <laughs> but we've had a lot of interesting breakup conversations with people, and Lori, people know a little bit about you from the the Queen of Beth documentary series, and they know a little bit about you. Uh, they know you're my little sister and uh and uh the series as the series uh showed you've had some interesting uh uh breakups and marriages and so i i wanted to kind of uh, uh pick your brain too what you've learned what you know how you've survived you know uh, i'm just going to set up a little bit at, at 14 uh lori uh moved in with my mother i had moved in with my mother let me just say she my mother was married seven times like she was a a wig date and uh, I moved in there when I was 15 and a half. I left my dad's house with my stepmother because I didn't want any rules. Like, I wanted to drink. I wanted to party. I wanted to grow my hair. I wanted no rules. And, uh, you know, so and that made sense to me. Um, and, and I did not have a good relationship with my stepmother. And so our mother was like your, your hero, your badass hero. So Lori moved in at 14. And up to that point, Lori was a great student, like a student, like the so and she's so she's so smart and a great athlete, and just had this uh, sort of pig piggy tail uh, 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 life. And then uh, at fourteen, she moves in with our mom, and and uh, 
And, uh, you know, out of skate land where we all like to go to skate land. It was, that was a place <laughs> in a tough one. Uh, she'd met a 22 year old guy, uh, her first, her first ex husband, and she's 14. And so my mom, her way of thinking, uh, how to be a good mother is to say, okay, uh, 14, they get drunk, get married. And then Lori's life, you know, is, uh, is all different than Lori. I'll let you, I'll let you share a little bit about that and, and where you went from there in relationships and, and, uh, help us understand. (laughs) (laughs) Heck, I don't even understand it myself, but but yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, when you're 14 and you got this cute guy that's older and everything else, and you know, you think it's awesome and you think you're grown because everybody at 14 wants to be grown up, you know, hormones. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm cool. He's cool. You know, and we're getting on fine, everything else. And it, well, it lasts about six months, actually. <laughs> so I filed for divorce. But, you know, when I went down to get the divorce, the lawyer that I went to was supplying me with whiskey and everything else and told me he'd give me a free divorce if I, you know. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, this that's a little weird because he was old, you know. He's probably my age now, <laughs> but at the time I thought he's really old, you know, and this guy's trying to kiss me and, and supply me with liquor and everything else to give me a free divorce. And so that freaked me out a little bit. So I went across the street to another lawyer's and ended up paying 75 bucks for my first divorce. And my first husband ended up dying in a hotel with another girl and a fire that he started Mysterious fire. Maybe a cigarette yeah. falling asleep in bed. Yeah, cigarette maybe, on the couch. Or maybe cigarette on the dad. couch. Yeah, yeah, cigarette on the couch. You know, so that's how he ended up dying. But we was already divorced. I already paid the 75 bucks, you know, back then for the divorce. And that's a great and, deal for a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to the funeral. I did, I did go to the funeral yeah. because, I, you know, I knew his family and, and everything else. And I people in our town are like, because he did beat you up too. Like he, yeah. At yeah. one point, I went and found out that was happening and went and got you. Yes. Like, did you Tom know. ever beat up one of your boyfriends that was not nice to you? No. Well, no, I, 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 you know, uh, uh, Lori's boyfriends tended to be very large. <laughs> and I was always yeah. interested in, in rescuing, always said, navigators. I got bigger and older, and my friends got bigger and older. Uh, uh, you know, but these guys were significantly older and, uh, and you know, there, a lot of them were big bikers. And I do, uh, I do remember, uh, Lori movie, uh, being over at dad's house one day, this is in a relationship with, and it may have been before I, we moved out of dad's house, but she came home from being with this Bob and, you know, uh, she said, Oh, and, uh, I think dad asked her what kind of a relationship they have. And I think it's his way of saying, are you having a sexual relationship? And she's like, no, of course not. And then she turned around and she had one of his black socks. <laughs> she put her pants on so fast. One of her black socks was sticking out. And, and I remember my dad pulling that out. I was so embarrassed. I'll never, yeah. I'll never forget that long that lived. But it was, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard for me too. Cause I wasn't doing those things yet. And back then, you know, the boys are supposed to be uh, scoundrels, and, uh, you know, there's always pressure on the boys to get hooked up with people and say this and that. And it was a, a pretty enlightening that my little sister, you know, had crossed that Rubicon. It was sketchy. You know, I, 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 as much as, as people liked uh, your first husband, you know, it was hard for me to get my head around because he was an adult. I know he was cute. And I know he was. But, you know, uh, and I didn't know that he was uh, beating on her until... I went and got her, and uh, because I think that you, uh, you know, you get these relationships with these older cool guys that have cars and driver's license and booze. Not that our mom didn't give us booze or drugs. Not that I, you know, you know, you get their first drugs from your mom. You know, sets a high bar for the relationships you have. But uh, I rewatched the documentary this weekend before the call. And I was like, yeah, I mean, how can you go back? You've already lived such a life and, you know, you can't, you can't. I mean, I tried, I didn't yeah. try. 
Yeah. So I didn't fit in anywhere. So. Yeah. And well, I mean, I who knows too, if parents were super judgmental and maybe didn't want, you know, you yeah. hanging around their daughter. Well, think, you know, uh, her, her, Bob Roberts burns up in a fire and he had been, he had, you know, he was, he was a pedophile and he had roughed up my sister. So people in our town, because this is how our town rolls, they're like, I wonder if Lori has an alibi. Like that's a, that has stuck with people for a long time. And I'm like, well, you know, he burns up in his own bed or his bed. There is justice somewhere. And you know, that small town justice thing. So for yeah. a long time, people, my friends are like, you think, cause Lori also was a, a badass. Like Lori was like, I get fights with, I would get in situations with her adult friend, male friends who were giants. And they did always have a healthy respect for Lori. Like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, if I said, you know, I'm going to let my sister know this. They're like, well, wait a minute now. Okay, just <laughs> it. I got in more trouble. It's just that her trouble was focused in on yeah. more illegal activities. And the cops liked Lori. And that's another thing that was a, a problem. They did not like me. And people in general like Lori. They like her after the documentary. Not everybody likes me. Not everybody in our hometown uh, uh, likes me. Um, I actually think people like you more after the documentary too. Yeah, that's actually true. They're like, well, now I think we love I you. Do. Sister, I mean, you're, you're, you. I only know you, you know, so much. You know, yeah. we've we stayed in touch over the years, but hearing the story and seeing the two of you together it really made me have so much compassion for just again. You never know by looking at someone what they've been through. Everyone has assumptions, you know, they think, oh, he's Hollywood guy. His life is perfect. And for you, you know, same, you know, just different, but same. So I think it really let people in to what, you know, sweet souls, both of you are. Thank you. <laughs> what it, what was the dynamic between your dad and your stepmom? Like, did it seem like a healthy um, version of a marriage? Well, I mean, at time, Dad pretty much stayed in his study. He was always busy in the office type thing. And uh, our stepmom kind of run the run the roost there type thing. But you know, me and Tom were the uh, misfits after you know all the other kids and everything else. Is like we didn't we didn't get the attention that the younger ones, you know, of course, did and stuff like that. So we looked for getting attention in other ways, you know, whatever, you know, because we, we weren't getting it at home, obviously. So we went separate ways and I kind of followed Tom because he was always my kind of hero and we were in the same school. Tom was a jock and I was the cool kid, you know, cause I was told when I first went to junior high, you know, they're going to, they're going to do this, these things to you. You know, your brother's up in ninth grade and you're going eight, in seventh grade and, and, all this, so I had to be the tough one. Said so nobody's gonna play me for a fool, you know. So I started out tough right away when I got there and everything else. So yeah, it got to be Tom was a jock, I was the doper, <laughs> you know. Guys started smoking cigarettes, started smoking pot, stuff like that, you know. In my seventh grade, just trying to fit in and and be cool, and you know, so I didn't have to mess with anyone because you know sometimes you don't have to be tough. You just have to be crazy because people don't mess with crazy. So, you know, I started showing crazy pretty early in life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I I also, I, I gave my best effort to make uh, our stepmother our mother. Like, I really gave, you know, I'd write her the love letters or whatever you do. And you're, you have your hopes pinned on, oh, this is going to be that thing that I've been looking for. That's in the, when you turn a magazine on, you see a mom baking cookies. That you know, kids at school, you know this. It'd be our day for Mom Day to come and bring cookies, and we'd have to it'd be our dad, <laughs> and, and, uh, which is not. So I, I thought I had high hopes, but it wasn't to be because the realistic, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I could feel the vibe that uh, stepkids are treated different than <clears throat> her her natural kids. I'm sure that that's a normal normal thing but but it, it was disappointing to me and so there was a lot of and she did want to you know as, as a family girl she and a lot of parents have to do this they kind of put this military thing our dad 
who uh, did eventually get his college degree. It was an engineer at the industrial engineer at this place. Um, he was not a physical punisher no, at all, you know, and he was a guy that before they got married, like I remember one time uh, I gave our little brother, we had this babysitter, Daisy, who was deaf, who was in love with our dad, by the way. And I, she had got these new little tiny hearing aids and I gave it to our little brother, Scotty, and he swallowed it. Oh my so God. We had to wait. Dad came home from work and he was upset. And uh, a couple of things happened. We had to go to our rooms until, uh, you know, we had to wait for Scotty to poop it out. <laughs> but, uh, and Lori did this a couple of times where I had done things. And you, and my dad's thing was he didn't just, he didn't beat people. He didn't, but he said, go to your room until somebody goes out and tells me the truth. And Lori would, would go out and say she did things that I had done. And I, that's a dad's like I really respect you, <laughs> and I do remember that that feeling. I also remember, you know, one time we uh, spilled mercuricum all over the, you know, that stuff you put on here, and he came and just yelled at us, and then he came back from the office and apologized to us, you know, and I, that stuck in my head that this that a parent would apologize, you know. So that's something I kind of tried to carry into, but. Uh, uh, Ruth, uh, uh, his wife, was a very corporal punishment. She'd grown up with, when she grew up in this huge family, their dad put a razor strap, which is a this belt contraption, on the wall by the front door. <clears throat> so those kids knew, you cross him, that's what you're getting. So she tried to bring that into our family various ways. And, uh, you know, I can remember our dad arguing downstairs. He'd go for work and she'd say, Tommy did this, he did this. And she keeps track of the amount of spank she got from the belt during the day. Oh. And he's like, oh, come on, Ruth, I don't want to. And I remember thinking, I'm going to get down there before my dad has to suffer anymore. And I, I go down, put on eight pairs of underwear, and, so, <laughs> oh. and let him do his thing because I didn't want him. I was worried about his marriage, too, and his. And I thought, I'm just going to suck it up and, and we're going to get through this thing. But, you know. That was something I felt like on his deathbed when I uh, was lucky enough to be be there. That he turned around and said, "I have made so many mistakes," you know? and I think part of it was was that. And of course, I absolved him of any any mistakes. You know, here's a guy that did the best he could, and, and uh, yeah, as all parents do, they do make mistakes. Yeah, and uh, I think us, Lori and I, moving out was something he really regretted. And regretted how things uh, turned out, you know, uh, uh, that Lori had to have such a, a hard, you know, he was not a fan of me getting in fights with the police or doing whatever. But but I think just knowing how hard uh, Lori's life became, yeah. you know, your daughter uh, uh, end up in prison and end up with all these uh, bad, bad uh, dudes in these t- uh, impossible situations. You know, I think that he, he wished he would have done things, figured out things a little more, as any parent would. So, and you, you know, I want to say this too. Our grandmother, Dottie, who just was full of love and full of, we, our other grandmother, Dort, uh, Tom and Dort, uh, Tom uh, worked at the V-Packet plant, Dort worked at the Cocoa Bottling Company, and Dort was my, our mother's mother. And you sometimes think, well, how did, you know, because what what was, our mother not given. And same with our Aunt Carolee, who was very stern. And what were they not given? And our, our, our Grandma Dort was not a lovey-dovey uh, type. But I will say this about her. You know, she would just sit next to me and watch whatever I wanted to watch on TV or watch me. And I just knew as a kid, oh, she wants to be with me. Like you could tell. You don't you don't have to say it. Yeah, you kids know, can tell. You just kids yeah. feel it. And we could feel that. Uh, from her and and you know uh, they're they're from a different world, but equally as as important to me growing up and uh, you know so so yeah. Lori tell us about the set so husband number two. <laughs> uh, he's the one as my son's father, and we were arrested together. Floyd, Floyd, and set, it was, yeah, I had, let me set it up. He's yeah. the head of the Grim Reaper Motorcycle Gang. Or as yeah. me and my friends yeah. called it, the Grimey Rapers. And it he was a, like he really... was a total yeah. badass. And he was such a yeah. badass that other bikers were so afraid of him. 
Yes. I mean, if you watch the documentary, that guy's head is like two heads. He is yeah. a huge man. Yeah. He looked like a Viking warrior or something. I mean, well, thing is, he wasn't really, he's not really that big. No, he's he only five, nine. Yeah. Okay. But just, he, uh, he, just the way he acted and presented himself, yeah. he seemed like he was six foot five. Well, and he was a sniper in the military. Yes. Yeah. He's in Vietnam. Got shot in Vietnam and everything else, but yeah, he he was badass. He he yeah. was badass, and and but I enjoyed the respect, I guess, that everybody showed him. Yeah. Not only because they were afraid of him, but well, probably because they were afraid of him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but he he got the respect and he had the power and this and that. So I went for that. I'm like, you know what? That kind of turned me on because he had the attention of everybody, you know, and I wanted that myself, you know, I mean, I had a lot of respect and, and fear and stuff just because I was crazy and I would do anything, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. When that I was going around beating people up or anything like that, because I'm just not that way, but they don't know if I would or not, you know? So it was just the iffy thing. But yeah, he, he was, uh, he was abusive when, if he drank, he didn't drink a lot, but when he did drink, I would get beat up. He shot at me. He threw things at me. He, you know, beat our dog once. Uh, he never, he never hit Josh, you know, nothing like that. But I was afraid he would some couple times when he'd get mad. Yeah. But when he sobered up, he was fine. But you had your baby, uh, his baby too. It yeah. are that he shot at you uh, with a, a rifle, I think. Yes, uh, but he was a uh, he was arrested, right? Yes. As I remember it, you went down and got him out of jail and gave him a big kiss. I bet mean, I was like, "You got to be shitting me!" You know, here's your chance, man. But uh, well, it yeah. was my chance, and that's the thing because I figured they would just take him away because you know when I ran up to neighbors that night because he was shooting, he never hit us. You know, he hit the car and, and I grabbed Josh and I ran up the neighbor's house. The neighbors called the law. The law came down and he was sitting at the kitchen table with the door cracked open. Well, the cops knew about him, too. So they were telling me the story when they got there. They just kind of, you know, they had their armored vests on and everything else. They had their guns and everything else because they knew he was, you know, who he was. And they kind of pushed the door open and yelled inside and said, hey, Floyd, are you in there? He goes, yeah. He says, come on in. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> they're like looking at each other saying, oh, uh, we're not just going to go in here, you know. Another one of the cops said, you mind if we talk to you? Yeah, come on in. You guys want some coffee? And he's just sitting calmly at, at the table. And they looked in, and there's a couple guns on the counter. There's bullets laid everywhere there's a couple magazines from the guns and he's just sitting in the chair smoking a cigarette drinking coffee and they they walked in they're like are you all right he goes yeah i'm fine you guys want some coffee that type thing here i'm up with the neighbors you know freaking out and everything so they took him to jail for domestic abuse and it's like okay well he'll probably get out tomorrow he'll sober up or whatever you know, and he'll be all right tomorrow. And then the, the next day I read in the paper, they charge him with attempted murder. And I'm like, oh, hell no, he's going to kill me now. <laughs> That's all I could think of. He's going to yeah. kill me. They kept him in jail for 11 days. District attorney, you know, called me and Josh down, you know, to give our, you know, our, our, our thing, you know, say what happened or whatever. Yeah. Well, Josh was at the age that he couldn't hardly talk. He only said a few things at the time. And so then they're questioning us, you know, they, they want to talk to Josh. And they said, Josh, did your daddy have a gun? And Josh says, you know, shaked his head. Yes. You know, did daddy make the gun go boom? And Josh shook his head. Yes. And they said, do you understand what you were saying? And he looked at the cop and he says, donkey dick. <laughs> because, well, that's what, you know, Josh and, and and his dad, Floyd, would call ring bologna because they like to eat ring bologna together. And so they call it donkey dick. 
So yeah, right there, it's like, okay, well, he doesn't really know what he's talking about, but he kind of knows what he's talking about type thing. Yeah. You know, but like you know, when, when Floyd sober, when Floyd sobered up, he didn't, he always said he didn't remember it. He did. He was sorry. He didn't remember it. He couldn't believe he did it, blah, blah, blah. So I felt, felt sorry for it, you know? So I didn't want to press charges after he learned his lesson and everything else. Well, then the next day, the set of services pulled up and took Josh away from me because I placed Josh in an unsafe environment. So that was the hard part, trying to, you know, let Josh go with strangers and pack a little bag with his clothes and stuff in it, not knowing when I was going to see him again because of all this. And they end up giving him to my parents, through, you know, my stepmom and my dad to, to care for him for a little while. But then my stepmom got all antsy about me coming over and seeing him and stuff because, you know, she didn't like either one of us either. <laughs> It, it was a, a weird situation, and uh, yeah, it was tough. It was. Tough. You eventually, you eventually uh, worked it out. It got Josh uh, back. Yes. Yeah, I had to go to like a parenting class. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Passes and... Uh... That's a good idea. Uh, you know, uh, psychological things. They thought Floyd's okay. They thought I was nice. You know, yeah. I guess they'll be in there or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's the double standard of men or just. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was young. I was still young. I was, what, 18 when I had Josh, 19 when I had Josh. And, and you know, I didn't, I didn't have anywhere else to go because. You know, I, I couldn't, I didn't have parents to go home to, you know, and I want my friends to think I was weak you right. know, or anybody else to think I was weak by trying to run and hide for anyone else. So I was the one dealing with my own stuff, which I always have, always will, you know, it might not be the right way, but that's all I have. And, and to this day, I still deal with my own problems. You know, nobody, nobody works me, nobody takes care of me. I take care of myself however, you know, I can. Well, and it I seems like it. you were smart because I, like you said, you were worried he might kill you or, you know, you can't, you got to be careful how you yeah. handle well, I that. I got to say this too about her son, Josh. This is, uh, uh, and you see the documentary, you see about, but this kid who on paper, you're like, oh my God, this kid's got such a fucked up life. This kid is going to be in trouble. He's got the cycle. He's got to continue. But he has never, he just had a baby last year. He's got a great marriage to a nice Jewish girl. He he has never done drugs. He doesn't get wasted. He works like four jobs. He's a giant. He's way bigger than his dad. Big, yes. Oh, yeah, way bigger. But The height he gets from you. Yeah. So you and Floyd, that, it, that was a terrible thing. It, you know, you sound like every abused woman ever, like, oh, I... Uh, I wanted it to be okay. I was, right. I was getting really in fear for my life. Uh, uh, the thing with the social services taking Josh, I mean, that's a just a, a terrible trigger. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. And you feeling like, uh, you know, you didn't have a family. And uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, you're a victim of the thing that happened, and then you're a, a double victim. And uh, uh, but it's, you know, and I'm sure the social services people are following subset of guidelines or rules and and uh, uh, you know but uh, but it sounds like it wasn't a long period of time and uh and then you got 
Josh back and and uh, got 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 your shit together a little bit. Um, when did when did the big uh, drop? Now, yeah, Floyd, obviously, your relationship ended the way I want all my uh, marriages dead. I, he died in prison. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of ways you're the luckiest. And you got, re- by the way, you got remarried after that, right? Yeah. So it's the Bob Roberts who died in uh, a fire in his own bed. Right. Floyd who died in prison, Leavenworth. And right. then who's the next guy? The, la- the third guy was Matt. And he was oh, the yeah. one I was with when I got arrested the third time. Yeah. Or the second time. Yeah, second time. And he was living with me, and Josh was living with me at the time. So when I got arrested, you know, he didn't get arrested. So I'm like, I need somebody to take care of my stuff and my son, you know, and everything else while I'm away, you know. So I gave him, you know, everything. I told the cop to turn over my, you know, my purse, my credit card, whatever. I said, he needs to, you know, because he wasn't working, of course. I said, he needs to take care of my stuff while I'm gone, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they said, well, we can't give him anything unless you guys are married. So when I was in jail, he brought a biker preacher to the jail. So we got married through glass mm-hmm. because we weren't allowed to touch or anything else. So that he would be able to write me and take care of my property and blah, blah, blah. Well, after that, you know, after I went to prison from jail, he was screwing around on me and, you know, charged up all my credit cards and did this and that, lost everything I had, everything else. So I divorced him while I was still in prison before I got out the last time. Is that time. easy to do when you're in prison? Because it's easy to get a divorce? Yeah, yeah, you can file for divorce in prison. I didn't tell him I was filing for divorce, you know, because, you know, I told him, you know, I don't care what you're doing or anything else. As long as you send me $150 a month for my commissary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I let him drag it, dragged him out a little bit, you know, until I was getting ready to get released because he owed me anyway, I figured, you know, so then he got the divorce papers filed before I got out because I wasn't planning on going back to a tunnel. I, I couldn't go back to my hometown because I got in trouble there twice. Third time you're out, you know, so I couldn't do it. So I ended up transferring from prison to Arizona. So I filed for divorce and everything, got the divorce cleared up before I even left. Nice. Well, you know, I I think it's, you got arrested the first time. And, uh, uh, you know, that was very, originally they wanted to put you in prison for life. And uh, and then you had a gun too, so that's a 10-year. And I got this great lawyer, Rod Beshbesher, to help us out. and. Uh, you went to a uh, the best one of the best prisons I've ever. It's like uh, it yeah, it was pretty nice. Was, for prison. Oh my Is that God. the one with all the programs and yes, yes, yeah. You could, you could learn a lot of things. They had journeyman mm-hmm. things. They had gardens. They had walking trails. They, you know, it was for a prison. Yeah, it was, it and what was, state was it in Iowa? West Virginia. Oh, it's, West Virginia. It's where, it's where Martha Stewart went. Huh? Right. So it was uh, and I I enjoyed visiting. Because yep. the women were so desperate for any kind of guy, like the attention. Well, you drove because, into the prison. You were supposed to stop at the gate, but you uh, drove clear into the prison. So all these women are coming out yelling at the car. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I did uh, you drive in in a Corvette, Tom? What kind yeah. of flashy car did you drive into that prison? No, but I took a private plane to get there. But I, I and it was a uh, very and what I remember the most. I don't know was your. Your cabin mate, little Baba, I can't remember. There was one of them I really liked. And what I remember the most of, uh, I spoke to everybody and heard their stories, is how most of the women there, almost all, 90-some percent, were there because they were in a relationship with a guy or a husband. And the husband said, hey, hold this for me. And none of them turned on their ex as if they believed they're still out there being loyal and faithful. And that seemed like a real a real uh, problem, you know. Yeah, that's true. And did you like, mostly when, have females working at your prison, or were there any hot male guards? Oh, yeah, I had both, you know. I just tell them, you know, cause we steal food all the time out of the, you know, out of the cafeteria and everything. So the hot guy at the end that was supposed to frisk us and everything, I'd just walk up, and i say, I keep everything in my bra. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, scared of me. So, of course, they, they'd, like, 
get out of here, Arnold. Of course, yeah. I did have all eggs and cheese and stuff in my bra, but you know, yeah, they would well, touch me because I was amazing. <laughs> I think a, I think a lesson that uh, you mentioned the second time you got out of prison, you said I, I can't go back to a tumble. Like it, right. it's a it's very that was hard. First time you went back, and yeah. the first time I tried, back, and my ego said. What she needs is a job at the beat page, like, like I have. And that's where I went. <clears throat> and so she'll, she'll really, she'll get some self-esteem, and I think they have benefits, and, and uh, that did not last very long. No. And, well, almost a year. <clears throat> I mean, there. Yeah, that's a long time. Like, okay, well, I was, you know, because you work hard there. I mean, that's hard yeah. work. You know, yeah. it, it's hard, it's cold, it's aggravating. So no, I was terrible. There. Yeah, I was making, you know, a week, what I would have made in 30 seconds selling an eight ball of dope, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't, you know, of course that hit you when you've been, you know, that's what you've been doing for years. And then you go to this job and I tried hard and I tried not to go to the bars. And I tried not to be around people. So I even got a second job at Wendy's. So I was working two jobs, living at dad's. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm strong enough that I can go to the bar and at least see a few old friends or, you know, so I, I went to bar to, you know, see old friends. I was drinking pop. I wasn't drinking or anything else, you know, and then, you know, after a couple of weeks of that, I'm going to play pool. And then I thought, ah, one beer is not going to hurt, you know, so I drink a beer too. And then I had somebody come in and say, Hey, you know, where I can get rid of this eight ball, you know, I, you'll make a hundred bucks off of it. Boom. <laughs> hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, and it took off in there. Now here's the thing, too. Uh, the, in the documentary series, the DEA guy is pretty funny, and I, I found him to be pretty. The guy that was in charge of the operation, yeah, pretty human too. Like uh, you could tell he liked Lori, and when she quit work at the meatpacking plant, uh, somebody called me. I don't know if it was the sheriff or him. They like, hey, she quit at the meatpacking plant, and and we know she's drinking. And uh, and then they call back. Okay, she's dealing drugs, but if she quits right now, we were not we're not going to arrest her. And I flew in. There's kind of a famous picture. I got all the brothers and sisters together. Yeah. A picture of my dad, and we walked out of Doreen uh, Laurie Studios or whatever it's called. And I said, "They know you're dealing." I talked to him. Uh, if you quit right now, they're not going to bust you. And and as any. As at uh, this, I I relate to this. Ad, and she said, "Hey, mind your own fucking business." And then yeah. a week later, they because you know you get in that head where I and I've been I've been there before too, especially with my addiction stuff. Like I got like I know better. Like I got this, and faced right. with all of that, the, the idea of going back to prison, whatever, you got a chance, you fuck it up, and that's just kind of what people that are not in a good. You know, and then you went back and your second prison was much harder. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it was also a place that had a chemical dependency com- component, you know, and, you know. Um, and so how is your relationship today with, are we drinking? Do we not drink? No, I drink. Yeah, she drinks. I drink beer. Okay. But I work full time. You know, I work a lot. Yeah, I've got beers after work, you know, drink four or five beers on the weekend type thing, but not doing any drugs or anything like that. Are you, are you married to that guy? Uh, what's his name? They're all the same. They're all huge guys. What about <laughs> documentary? Yeah. Are you married? No, not, we're not married. No, we live together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I found, what I found, Monica, I used to think these bad, big, bad dudes are, are uh, uh, taking advantage of my sister. And, and then as I got to know it, I remember one time I came to the house at Floyd, you know, Floyd, her, her, the husband that died in prison, this guy, uh, uh, you know, my friends, my preppy sort of friends would yeah. go into the wild side. That was their bar. And we oh. walk in. I want to go back in time for one night. Yes. yes. Just one night oh. I want to go to the wild side. And, and, and Lori be in the middle. And then Floyd, who was not a super big fan of me, and his friends were definitely not. <laughs> me and my friends, Lori would have to go, all right. Or sit back down like to fit. otherwise we would have been killed every time but uh, but we had a we had a shit ton of fun there but the, i used to think and i went to her house one day on a sunday i don't know what the and, and floyd was 
uh, you know, this badass, he was packing up a, a briefcase with money. And I go, what's going on? He goes, well, your sister's making me go to Vegas to pay off this judge. And so he had to write a note. So I was like, oh, no, he's not the boss. So That's awesome. He, he was all sad clouding. And at that moment, I went, oh, no, she is the, the brave <laughs> But, yes, uh, yeah. I swear to God, I must have paused and gasped like 20 times every episode. Like, this is the smartest lady ever. Like, look at all these things. Yeah. Um, it was Let so me just say one thing more about a tub walk where we grew up. Yeah. There was one, what you call stripper. And it was a friend of Lori's, Mary Jane. <laughs> Only one? Bucket. She was well, there more, but yeah, she was the, the one. She was the she hot one. She rode a three-wheeled yeah. motorcycle, but she had a motorcycle hat, like, she was the only one, and she had every bachelor party, every, and she would just get so fucking wasted. And you remember Mary Jane, right? She worked yeah. on the railroad, too, and with both those guys, and you know, they take their shirts off. She'd take her shirt off, and she'd like, fuck yeah. that, but no man can do what I can. Was her but name she, actually Mary Jane? Oh, yeah. 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 No yeah. way. Here's the thing yeah. with her. Before the bachelor. Bastard party started. You had to go to whatever bar she was at with a huge fucking mountain of a guy. Go, hey, excuse me, would you come over and uh, take your clothes off? For a and then, and the guy would always be like, "What the fuck?" And she'd like, "Sit down, <laughs> sit down, bear. I gotta go to work." <laughs> and uh, and she, there is yeah, something great. Like, she just killed. She was a. She's <laughs> just a legend. It was fun. Yeah. Oh my, that's amazing. Wait. Yeah. So Lori, after all these relationships, like how what do you how do you view, you know, marriage or men Sucks. after Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, what's different about your relationship with your partner now versus the past ones? Like how how has it grown or changed? Well, not married. So I have to worry about getting a divorce. <laughs> so that's something yeah other than that nah I haven't changed a whole lot other than that <laughs> but you know you're doing very well I'm very proud of you you work hard you drive the forklift you got a real job you're you know yeah, yeah I've been there over five years I, I work real hard and I'm just you know nowadays it's like I'm in bed before nine o'clock yeah because <laughs> I get up early to go to work so yeah. I don't go out. I don't bar hop. My my significant other, my partner, doesn't like. He doesn't drink. I mean, once in a while he'll have a beer if we go somewhere type thing. But he he's not one that likes to go to bars or doesn't have a lot of friends type thing where he wants to hang out and everything. I mean, so he's kept me uh, kind of grounded, which sometimes I hate because I'm bored or you know I want to do something. But then in the long run, I know it better for me because I know I can turn it any second you know and and so he keeps me uh he he keeps me legit i guess <laughs> do, you think awesome. he, do you think he worries about you uh, you know because he does know your history uh you know that he worries about you uh going back and getting in trouble again you talk about oh that? yeah i mean he, he doesn't even want me to go out with, with the girls after work for a beer or that type thing i mean i can see you know. that but yeah, you're also a target now that you got the, you know, the little bit of the, the fame thing, and uh, but a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I I still have I, people once in a while that'll recognize me or you know something like that. But it's always good vibes, and they're always saying, "Man, I saw your show. It's awesome." You know, this type of thing. I'm like, yeah. One of the questions I always ask Tom is, you know, do you think we'll ever be able to have sort of a boring content relationships you know which kind of seems like the relationships you had in the past were all crazy and maybe this is kind of the the even this is kind of that now yeah. even kill sometimes, sometimes it, it's hard it's hard to right. just do it right i know i have to because i can go way off the you know ozone layer <laughs> if i'm allowed to <laughs> yeah, no i i'd I like that too as you know being, being boring is underrated do you but, have any advice for oh well really quick did you what did you do with all of your rings did you get rings when you got you know married did you sell them did you get rid of them i always like to ask people if they did anything crazy well, a couple couple of them 
I sold that, you know, those, I bought it myself anyway, because so, I always married low life scumbags that couldn't afford a ring. So no, I, I always uh, paid the way. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know, me, me and Mike have both played at one of our weddings. I don't know. Oh, and uh, I was pretty cocky. I have to say this. I had a band is pretty cocky. And Floyd, her husband, came up and said, hey, uh, we'd like you to play some more songs. I go, dude, we're done. We're done. And, and my buddies are like, holy shit, this is going to be, this is, this is where we die. <laughs> and I remember Floyd's like, okay, here's this. And it was, my friend still said, it was a grant is what you call a $50 bill, which I had never seen. And I'm like, because I made a big scene. This is it. We we have a set. We played it. That's the way it goes. We're leaving it. And he pulled out all. You were in a band. Okay. Oh playing. yeah, he's a good. Oh drummer. yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> we played. No, you did not know this. <laughs> Would you guys do covers of stuff? What was? Yeah, we did. We did. It was great fun. We started the first band I was in. I started fourteen or fifteen with with uh, one of our stepfathers, who wasn't that much older than me, Kenny. He's my favorite yeah. all stepfathers. Yeah, yeah, me too. A lot of time with him, so I'd make yeah. out with other women on the road. But <laughs> but it was a great experience to be, you know, I'd be playing at bars, doing all stuff, but I was a drummer. And uh, it was great because he got paid. And I usually had to drive home, even though I was 14. He was so drunk. <laughs> but, you know, I, it was great. I liked that a lot. And uh, so then as I got towards high school, I got my own band. So I wanted to play rock and roll, not country rock or whatever. And uh, it was great fun, and we played all over. And then, then I moved out here and saw real musicians, and got to be on stage with real musicians. It's it's very intimidating because you go, <laughs> I thought I was good. Oh no, okay, no, no. These we guys. all thought you were good, but yeah, yeah but it was fun. We had a lot of fun. Tom's yeah. a good time. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. my band would translate with her friends and my friends. That was the one thing that yeah. everybody would come out and get wasted together, and uh, it was great fun. Lori, well, do you have any advice? Lori, can do you have any advice for any women that would listen to this podcast that are were in that are currently in relationships like you've been in? You know, abusive, abusive relationships. Yeah, get out, get out now. Yeah. There, there is life after that. You know, you don't think there is. You think that's all you've got, and sometimes that is all all you've got. And that and that's the thing. That's what I thought. That's all I had. I didn't want to go home. My parents, I had no money to go to a hotel or just leave or whatever. And I didn't want to involve my friends because I, I was embarrassed, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, whoever you've got that you love or loves you, let them help you. Because I didn't because I was too stubborn. You know? That's great advice, sister. I love yeah. you, Lori. Have a I love you too. Rest of your day. And uh, you and I, Monica, will hang out when I see you. You know, we have a great writer writing Lori's. Uh, that's good. We're on strike, by the way. We're not doing anything while we're on strike. Right, we're not this- Evan Wright, who I have to have on this show. You I, know. I'm telling you, this is going to be the greatest television show. I, I can't true. wait to read it. I like. I just remember I texted Tom and I was like, why isn't this a television show? Like, <laughs> yeah. So good. You can't write the shit that happened. and. Right. Um, yeah, I hope I get to meet you in person one day. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too, Monica. Thank you so much. 100%. All right, have a good rest of your what, what you right, you got Bible study today, Lori. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm studying knees. it right now. Hit your knees. Hi, <laughs> All right, enjoy it. Enjoy Bye, it. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's so great doing a show with you because you, you, uh, you you think like a woman because you are a woman. Dad, and as a woman, I get, I mean, you, if you really, I mean, not that I've ever been in as hard of a situation as she has been, but you do, you know, she's a smart lady and she probably had to strategically plan or decide to do or not do certain things in all of those relationships just out of survival. Yeah. Well, I also think, yeah, absolutely. Because she was so young and, you know, when you have a mother that's like, look, I'm going to. Have you married this guy? Would he give you drugs? Would he give you booze? You, yeah. And, uh, that, that's not, but I think now, hopefully now women and men have more options or, or uh, you know, people talk about stuff they didn't talk about. They talk about domestic abuse and uh, sexual abuse and uh, 
Uh, yeah. And I don't know all the laws, I but I watch a shit ton of documentaries and it does still seem like the laws don't really protect the victim as yeah. much as they should. And it's just really, it's, it's a really scary. Well, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword with women, particularly in, uh, married women uh, with kids. Because uh, on the one hand, if you go get a divorce, they tend to lead a little bit like towards the, the, the mother. Like, you know, it, even though the law is not like that, like she seems like she'd be better. But on the other hand, when so the shit goes down with the domestic, they're like, well, you're the mother. You should, you know, and I think considering everything, she's doing very, very well. And I'm very proud of her. I'd say so. I mean, Bible study. Well, that's a she's <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, I'm... last story. When we, yeah. when we were kids, the Pentecostal road shows would come down this summer, these tent shows, uh, and they would have snakes and heal people and just great uh, speaking tongues and just stuff that was really scary to us. But, uh, but at the end of each thing, they say, everybody close your eyes. Everyone that does not know they're going to heaven, come up here. And it, I, they get up to the front. They say, "Now open your eyes." It'd always be Lori and I'd always be two of them. We just wanted to cover the bases, you know. And I, at one time, we went back, and they had a big uh, uh, camper that they traveled in. And we looked in the window, and they were smoking and drinking and just counting stacks of money. The preachers who just oh, save people, the righteous and, gemstones. And we both said, "We got to get in that business somehow, whatever that business is." We're missing out. So anyway, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.